Welcome everyone to the Ohave Torah. <coughs> Daf Yomi Shior. Today's Shior is Daf Chav He. We will begin, however, on Daf Chav Dalit Amur Bet at the words Bameh Mefaisin. Um, uh, actually, no, a little before that. Lama Mefaisin. Lama Mefaisin is um, about five lines up from the wide lines on the bottom of the page. You with us, Ivan? Yeah, Okay. So says the Gemara, Lama Mefaisin, we mentioned in the Mishnah that they have four raffles daily in the Mishkan, in the Mishbet HaMikdash, to decide who does the different Avudas. The Gemara is asking now, Lama Mefaisin, why are we making the raffle? Ask the Gemara, Lama Mefaisin? We said why you, why you make the raffle. We make the raffle because one time when they used to, in the olden days, they used to have a race to decide who does the different things and it was, got very dangerous. Says so no, no. Ela, lama mefaisim v'chuzim mefaisim. Why do they make a, a raffle and then they go back and make another raffle? They could do, just do once and do it, do it for all the different things of the day. Why do they have to make four different raffles? Amar Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan says, "Kedei lahargish kol azara, in order that there should be excitement in the azara, right? When you have a lot of raffles, there's a lot of excitement. Everyone's waiting for each raffle. It causes excitement. And the pasuk says, 'Shneimar asher yachtav namtik sod bevet Elohim nealech meiragesh. Yachtav together we take, we we sweeten the ideas and." Uh, in the house of Hashem, we go with excitement, and therefore, we specifically increase amount of raffles to make more excitement. One raffle, a little excitement, more raffles, more excitement. Says the Gemara, What clothes do the Kohen Gadol wear when they do the raffle. We mentioned that they do a raffle, right? And during the raffle, we don't know, are they wearing street clothes, or are they wearing Kohen clothes? Okay? The Kohen clothes are not theirs, belongs to Klal Yisrael, and the street clothes are theirs. Which ones do they use for the raffles? So there's a machloket, Rav Nachman, and Rav Shashat. Between these two things, what clothes they wear. Rav Nachman, Amad, the Begdeh Hall, they wear their street clothes. They wear their holy clothes. Let's explain each one. Says the Gemara. They wear their street clothes. Because if you say they wear that's a problem. Why? Because if so, once, if, once they're wearing they're um, they're co- ready. They got all dressed in their kohen clothes, and of course they can't even dress themselves. There has to be someone who gets all who dresses them. So that's a lot of work. And once they got all dressed up, you might have guys who are uh, pushy, and they might just jump and do it themselves. Rashi says, Even though they didn't win the goral, they might just go do it. If they're wearing street clothes, that'll prevent them. To, they, they know they can't do it. When they lose, you have, you have a guy who's a, a sore loser, and he loses the raffle, and he just goes up and does it. 
Hi, Shlomo, how are you? We were just asking about you. So, because of sore losers, if we make sure, Rav Nachman says we have to worry about sore losers. And therefore, the, if, the, sore losers again? the sore losers might lose the raffle and just do it anyway. Just grab it and do it. And therefore, to prevent that, we make you do the raffle in street clothes. And therefore, we're only going to put the coin clothes on the guys who win the raffle. This way, no one's going to ever gonna, gonna, gonna break the rules over here. You with me, David, or no? Are you following? Okay. Rav Sheshit Amad Big Day Kodesh. Rav Sheshit says, no, they use holy garments. They, they're wearing the Big Day Kodesh. Why? How, what's his proof? Why does, how does he presume that the Mishnah didn't tell, tell him anything? That our Mishnah left us without any indication, Harry, about whether or not you're going to wear holy clothes or not holy clothes during the raffle. Says the Gemara, because if you tell me they're wearing street clothes, Maybe when the guy wins, the guy who wins might get up and buy the thing to win in the street clothes. Because he wants, oh, he'll jump up and do it. And therefore, we're worried about Chasson, the guy will go do Abu in the street clothes when he wins. According to Rav Nachman, we're worried about the guy who loses, who's a sore loser. And in order to, we leave him in the street clothes to prevent him. From, from ever jumping and breaking the rules. According to Rav Sheshit, we're worried about the winner. We're worried the winner being too excited and not waiting for his uh, his coin goals to be put on. Amar Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman, who's the sole loser rabbi, that's not the right way to say it, but Rav Nachman's the rabbi who worries about the sore loser, right? Says, Mina Aminala, where can I prove it to you? Ditnan, I'll show it to you in the Mishnah that I'm right. The Mishnah says, Misurin lechazanim. It says that after they do the raffle, they give the Kohanim to these uh, Chazanim. The Chazanim are the guys in charge of them. They take off their clothes. They would make sure to leave on them only their pants. Nothing else. My love, Beotan Shizachuba Pais. We're assuming, so assumes with Nachman, who's the rabbi who worries about the soul loser, that <coughs> it's, we're talking about Kwanim who won, and we're saying that we make them change into their new clothes afterwards, right? Because it says afterwards, they take off their clothes and leave them in their, in their pants. So who could that be talking about? It's probably the Kwanim who won. So you see that when they did it, they were in the street clothes. Because you see that afterwards, we change them and we have them only in the pants as it, it, in the course of changing, right. right? So you see that the, the, the changing takes place afterwards. That fits like me. They were worried about soul losers. Good. So it's going to, I'm Rav Huda by Rav Yehuda. I'm Rav Shashat. Rav Yehuda. Rav Huda by Yehuda says, in the name of Rav Sheshis, who's the rabbi who says no. No, I disagree. Really, we're talking about Really, I'm right. And the raffle was done with Kohanim who are all fully dressed. Okay? According to Sheshit, the raffle, everyone was fully dressed. And when it says that we take off their clothes and we leave them only in their pants, that's referring to the guys who lost. Yani, 
everyone was already dressed before, and the the, the Mishnah that says that we take, that the guy the Chazan takes off their clothes and leaves them in the thing. We're assuming as he's dressing. No, that says he's undressing them. Not only that, what I'm telling you is even logical. Why? Because if you want to claim, we're referring to the Kohanim who won the raffle, and those are the guys who are getting dressed after after the raffle. Are you with me, Harry, or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You only leave on the pants? But Tani, didn't we learn? If if you leave on only their pants, so if you know if you want to say like you that they're wearing street clothes, and they leave on their street pants, and then they getting them dressed, right? Because let's, let's understand the two ways to understand. There's Rav Nachman's way and Rav Shesh's way. In Rav Nachman's way, everyone's wearing street clothes, okay, and they're standing around for the raffle. There's a thousand people, a uh, hundred people standing around for the raffle. X amount win. Thirteen guys win. Everyone else skishes. Now we're left with these guys. And these guys, we take off their clothes, leave them in the street pants, put on their other Kohen, gadol, Kohen clothes, right? And then they take off the street pants and put on their Kohen Gadol pants. Kohen pants. Not Kohen Gadol. Kohen pants. Right? That's what we're assuming is happening here. Now, if that's true, it comes out that they put on their other Kohen clothes before their Kohen pants. Did you follow what I just said? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, one more time. Let's just get this clear. According to Rav Nachman, the raffle's done in street clothes. Good? So there's a hundred guys wa- wa- standing around in, in suits. Okay? With suit pants jeans on. some jeans. What do you mean? <laughs> Kohen don't wear jeans. Right, Ivan? Yeah. So, uh, the, the hundred Kohanim were standing around in suits. Okay, the raffle goes now. We have thirteen Kohanim in suits. Now this guy is taking off all their clothes, leaving them only in their suit pants. Was the assumption is after they're standing in suit pants, they put on the tunic and the wrap and the and the and the belt, and then they take then then they take off the suit pants underneath the the tunic, the tunic and they put on the the new Kohen pants. That's the assumption, according to Rav Nachman, who's the rabbi who says. The problem with that is, Vatanya, we learned in a brighter, how do we know that you can't put any other Kohen clothes on? Welcome, Joey. Before Mechlasayim, before your pants, how do we know? As the Pasuk says in Pashat Sav, that they have to have pants on, the, on your body. Which, that's not it. Which teaches us that. The first thing you put on is pants. So therefore, it won't work out according to Rav Nachman. So Rav Shesha says, you see that I'm right. Yeah. Right? You see that I'm right. If there's none there, there's for sure downstairs. So basically, the Baraita says that the first thing you put on is the Kohen pants. Yeah. And, and if you're going to what you're saying, the last thing you put on is the Kohen pants. So it doesn't fit according to you. Why can't you put on the, the pants first? What's the big deal? You could... You, well, we're assuming not is because then you leave the guy completely naked in, in, in the in the bath of the Because the bride is saying that you, the, 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 the thing that's... The Mishnah said before that we left the guy in only pants. So, according to Rav Nachman, that's only street pants. And then the assumption is they're not going to just take that off too. You probably just put the other stuff on and then you take it off. And if so, it doesn't fit according to you...
Okay. Oh, oh, thousands, yeah. Of course, of course. Yes, of course. That's uh, tough. Uh, this is the Beit We don't worry about money here, Rohi. This is all the money from all Klai Yisrael. Money is, not, is literally not an object. They're not allowed to have their own. They're not allowed to have... Okay. Well, everyone had their own? No. They wore the Kohen clothing was generally done with little exceptions. In general, the Kohen clothing had to be donated by the Jews. They're not allowed to, not, the Kohen doesn't pay for his own clothes. Now, we're going to see later that some Kohanim used to want to do their own clothes, but we'll see that in a second, okay? In general, the Kohen clothing was not supposed to be his own clothing. Doesn't that have to have fit perfectly? Yes, it has to fit perfectly, but that's, you, that's the Jew's job, not the Kohen's job. Okay. You understand? What makes you think that because it has to fit perfectly, it has to be his own? Then they, we make him a bigger size. Well, who, what, what's the difference what size he is? We have to make sure that this Kohen is the size. And we have Kohanim standing in the dressing room. There's, the, there's a guy in, tra- in the dressing room in charge of all the Kohanim whose job it was to make sure that he has sizes for everybody. What size? He look, takes a look, eyeballs the guy. Okay, he gained, gained a little weight. Yalla, put this guy up to a 37B. I don't know what, whatever it has to work out. Yes, it has to fit exact and we make sure it does. Okay? It's not a problem. This is the Beit HaMikdash story. We get this done. Okay? What? So they must have a wardrobe, the whole thing. Yeah, they probably have racks and things, and they, they figure it out. They probably don't get it from Turkey. Okay. The Idach and the other rabbi. Now, what does Rav Nachman say about this? The guy's in the pants. What do you mean? You see it's against you. You see the rabbi's in the pants? Says the How low is not a question. This is what it means to say. He says, no, you think it means that you, that the guy is standing in his suit pants? No. It means that while he's wearing his street tunic, we put on the Kohen pants, then we take off the street tunic, and he's standing only in the Kohen pants, and then, and then he puts on the Kohen clothes. He put on the Kohen clothes, and therefore the first thing he's putting on is the pants. So it's fine. Everyone has to wear tunics when they go to the raffle. It's I to walk around. No tunic and no pants. Yanni, you're standing without any clothes, right? So he has to wear pants and a tunic. So no, so he could be just pants. So right. the way it works is, according to Rav Nachman, the way it works is first he takes off, he leaves his street tunic on. And takes off his street pants. Yeah, but he has to bring a street tunic. He has to wear a street tunic. He's wearing, I'm assuming he comes in with a street tunic and a street pants. Why can't he come with a shirt and pants? Okay, so I'm assuming in the olden days, welcome back, uh, Harry. I'm assuming in the olden days, everyone wore tunics and pants, uh-huh. right? Similar to what the people wear in Afghanistan, right? Right, they're wearing uh, a tunic and they're wearing pants. Pants, yeah. Okay? So everyone comes in with your tunic and your pants. Now you come and you take off your pants, you're standing only in tunic. Okay, no problem. Put on Kohen pants. Okay, no problem. Now take off the, your street tunic. Okay, no problem. Now I'm only in Kohen pants. Yalla, put on the Kohen tunic and the Kohen hat and, and belt and you're ready to roll. Right. 
Right. I guess. I guess the machloket is: Will you wear? Is it okay? Wear the kohen pants first. Kohen pants with your street tunic. No. Okay. Okay. Now that that was the proof to Rav Nachman. I'm sorry. That was a, a question against Rav Nachman, who says you do it in the street clothes. I'm Rav Sheshit. Now Rav Sheshit, who says that they do it in big day kodesh. He has a proof. Why? Mina minala. How can he prove it to you? The Tanya we learned in the Brayta. It says kimin basilki gadol haita. Lishkata Gazit, the place where they do the raffle, was in the Lishkata Gazit, which is the place where the Sanhedrin stays. And it was Kimin Basilki Gadol. It was built like a big basilka. I don't know what architecture that is exactly, but a big basilka. Now, Payis B'Mizlaha. They used to make the raffle in the east side of the Lishkata Gazit. Vakonim and and the zaken, an old man, or an, a rabbi, would sit on the west side. Like we said last time, the koanim stand in a circle in the, sa- in the shape of a necklace, right? And the way they the way they would do the raffles like this, Joey, they pick one guy to start from, and they start they pick a number. And they count from that number around, and the guy who they lands on wins the raffle. Okay? Now, how do they decide which guy they start from? The one in charge goes over and removes the hat off one of them. Okay? The, hat? the guy in charge of the raffle, the Mimune, the guy in charge of the raffle, goes and removes the hat off one of them. And that indicates that we're starting the raffle from this fellow who's hatless. Right? And from there, and it ends at whatever guy it is. Now, if you would have thunk that the guys doing wearing street clothes, like Rav Nachman, is anyone wearing a mitznefet in Big Dechol? Obviously, if there's a mitznefet on with him, you're wearing Kohen clothes. So you see that I'm right, says Rav Sheshit, that really they did Kohen clothes during the raffle and not street clothes. It says the word masnefet. We're assuming that not every fellow on the street walks around with a masnefet. Everyone used to wear pants back in the day. Everyone used to wear what? Pants back in the day. I guess not a masnefet. I'm assuming from this Gemara, not a masnefet. Gemara says, in, yes. It's a direct. There is such a thing. The a kohen whose mom makes him her own kutonet according to this rabbi let's say there were some kohen gadol mothers who say I understand that you want my son has to do the avodah in garments that were made by the public monies but I love showing my expressing my love for the Beit HaMikdash, allow me to make my son his own big day kohen. And the halakha is, if a mom would do that, and some moms did, they're allowed to use that those garments only if they're doing a private korban. So if they're doing the korban tamid, sorry, you can't use that, you have to use, korban tamid is a public korban, you have to use public, you have to be wearing public 
old, publicly owned clothes. But if a guy's per- personal korban chatat or a guy's personal korban ola that he's doing, you're, the kohen is allowed to do that in privately owned big day kodesh. And therefore, I can answer the question on you and say, oh, you want to know why they all st- why the kohen would take off the mitznefet of one of them? You see, they're wearing uh, the, the big day kodesh. No, not necessarily. Maybe they were on the only private mitznefet, and that's what that's what was taken off. And therefore, you have no proof against me to tell me that they were wearing big day kodesh because I could tell you that's a private one. Okay. You you lost me on no joke. Right, they wouldn't raffle off the private one. They wouldn't raffle off the private company. Correct. No, no. They, so he, he's saying. No, listen. He well, wait, before he he's saying that they're standing around for the raffle in their private big day Kodesh calls. Oh. Then we take off the hat. Then we find out the, the the winners. Then when we get the winners of the raffle, now change. we change into the public to be able to do the do the korban. Good. I don't know. I don't know. That's not not something today. I don't know. Okay. Is everyone with me? Yep. Yep. Okay. Shma we see from here. Lishkat hagazit Abaya is listening. Now Abaya is younger than the other rabbis. But he's saying, I'm seeing from the machlok between Rav Shish and Rav Nachman. I can prove to you something about the architecture of the Beit HaMikdash. How do you see anything about the architecture? We're discussing what they're wearing. How do you see anything about architecture? Listen to what, listen to the ingenious proof. Okay? Lishkata Gazit must be It must have been situated half in the holy part of the Beit HaMikdash and half outside the holy part of the Beit HaMikdash. And not only that, I can tell you, I could also prove to you that there were at least two entrances to it. Echad patuch pa kodesh, one into the kodesh, vechad patuch chol, one open to the to the chol. How can I prove to you? Watch. The isal kadaita kula pa kodesh, because if you were to thunk, what entrance to what? The mizbeach or what? Lishkata gazit. This place where they're doing the raffle yeah. is called the lishkata gazit. It's in, in the art school they they term it the chamber of the hewn stone. The gazit means the chisel. The chamber of the chiseled stone. Okay. okay? Now. The, 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 there's no Mishnayot that tell us how many entrances there are to it. There are no Mishnayot. There's that room. It just says there's a room. We know that there's something called the Shatagazit. We don't technically from any Mishnah know what it looks like. Abaya is piecing together between the, from, from the, the quotes that we're saying now, I can figure out that number one, it's half in and half out. Half in the holy part of Bekhmer and half outside. And that there's two entrances. One to the holy part, one outside. How did I prove it to you? Pay attention. The Esau Kadaita, if you were to thunk, Kulaba Kodesh, that the whole thing's in the holy part. Zaken Yoshev Marava, is it possible that the Zaken could, that, that we said that the, the old man sits on the, on the west side? Is that possible? Didn't we say, the only people who are allowed to sit in the holy part of the Beit Mikdash is a king from the house of, of, of David and Melech. So if so, how can this this Zaken guy be sitting in the west side, which is the holy part? Right? It, right? If the whole thing is there, no, I'm sorry. If the, I'm sorry, if the whole thing is in, then it's impossible to be sitting in the western part. If you say the whole thing is outside, then Pais could you put the raffle on the east side? 
We said the whole point of the, doing the raffles, many raffles, is that you need excitement in the Bet HaMikdash. Now, if the whole thing is outside the Bet HaMikdash, then you're not, giving, you're not generating excitement in the Bet HaMikdash by making a raffle in a room that's outside the Bet HaMikdash. And therefore, we know the whole thing can't be out. El Hashrami, that we see from here, Chetziah B'Kodesh, half was in, Chetziah B'Kodesh, half was out. And therefore, the west side was the outside, and that's why the Zaken was sitting on the west side, because he's not sitting in the Bet HaMikdash, because only Bet David could sit in the Bet HaMikdash. And, that, and the east side, where the raffle was taken, was in the Bet HaMikdash, and that's why we are generating excitement in the Bet HaMikdash by doing the raffle there. Is that clear? No, you, we lost Joey. You, you, you're clear, David? Okay. One more time. We have rules. The raffle, we said in the bright that the raffle takes place, the raffle's taking place in the same room, and the zaken sitting in the same room. Okay? Now, had the whole room been outside the Beit HaMikdash, we have a problem. The point of the raffle is to generate excitement in the Beit HaMikdash. Your raffle's taking place outside, there's no excitement. Hold on, let's get power saving here so we don't lose the guys. No. It's good. We, we put power saving mode on. It was Samsung, right? Okay. Samsung. Yeah. Okay, let's go back. Now we get back on. Wait, Zaken is not a coin. Zaken is not. It, 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 I don't know if he's a guy. Whether he is or not makes no difference. The point does, is. Isn't the guy. The reason why he's not allowed to be in the Holy Park because he's not a coin? What? Why is Zakhen not allowed to be in the holy part of the How do I get it back? Right? Oh, you, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so number one is the Zakhen's got to be, the, 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 we have to make the excitement there. So it has to be, so the people doing the raffle have to be in the bedroom. Let's just get it back. You know how to do the same thing? Yeah, zoom, right? Yeah, we'll get back to the zoom. Why is it in a different language? No, just get it. Just get it. Oh, there it is. Okay, good. Come back. Right. So you're listening, Joe? Yeah. So the people in the Beit HaMikdash, the, the, the raffle has to be in, and the guy can't be sitting in. So the only way to do it is half in, half out. Is to say that it's half in, half out. Next. The Esau Kedaitik, and if you want to say, let's say I'll tell you that there's only one door there, and it's open to the holy part, and the only way to get into this room is from the holy part of the Beit HaMikdash. And the guy can't sit there. But because we learned in the Mishnah, the any rooms, any chambers that are built in the non-holy place, but they're open to the holy place, it becomes holified. So the rule is that whenever you have a place that's non-holified, but it only opens to the holy place, it's holified inside. So then you can't sit there. The Zakan can't sit there because it becomes holified. If there's only one door and it's opening inside, it's holified. And if it's the other way, when these if you want to see maybe the opening, maybe there's only one opening and it opens outside, that's cool. Then the whole thing goes. Then the whole thing becomes non-holified. And if so, then you can't have the raffle there because the raffle has to be in the Beit Hamikdash to generate excitement in the Beit Hamikdash, and there's no excitement. If it's built in the Kodesh and open to the Chol, it's still like outside. Must be this. We figured out these two things. Okay. Are we good? Two entrances and one on the east, one on the west. Correct. Ah, good. Brand new Mishnah, guys. Let's let's enjoy.
Says the Mishnah. Hapayas Hashini. We mentioned that the first raffle was a raffle to decide who's doing Tirumat Hadeshin. Okay? Now the next raffle is another raffle which is deciding uh, who brings the, the, the parts on the Mizbech. Okay, let's see what they are. Hapayas Number one, Mishochet. Who does Shechita on the Korban Tamid? Number two, Mizorek. Who sprinkles the blood? That's a very serious thing. Who's sprinkling the blood? Me, 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 number three. Me, me, Take care. You're on the Zoom. Good. Who is the guy who takes the ashes off the inner back? Number three. Me, Who brings the limbs up the ramp? With the different limbs of the Quran Tamid. Who carries them up? Number one. Harosh Raharagel. One Kohen is going to bring the Rosh and the Regel, which means he's going to bring the head with the, the, the left. With the right hind leg, okay. Ha'oketzvah regel. Another one carries the tail and the left hind leg. Ha'chazevagira, the breast and the neck. Ushtedevanot and the two sides. Ve'kibayim the insides. Solit one carries the flower. Chavitim one carries the minchat chavitim. Right, which is a baked, um, a baked uh, offering. Ve'ayin the ninth guy carries. The wine. So altogether, it comes out that there's 13 winners in the raffle. Raffle number two has 13 winners. All these different parts and the wine and the things, plus clearing the Ashram's back and uh, clearing out the Inamas Bach, the Menorah, Zorek Adam, and the Shochet. Okay? Those are the 13 winners. That's according to Tanakama. According to Ben Azai, the order that we mentioned till now was the Rosh and the Regel, then the two Yadayim, and then the tail. So it wasn't in an in a, in a order that was... It wasn't in a normal order. But according to Ben Azai, the way it offers on the Mizbeach is in order of the way, the way it walked. So while it's alive, first goes the head, then goes the middle, then goes the tail. So the tail would be last. So according to this, the tail was fourth or third. Uh, according to this one, the tail would be last and would go in order that the animal walks. That's the Machloka Ben Azai and Tanakama, how they offer it on the Mizbech. Is that clear? Yeah. Okay, let's carry on. Says we have a question. Every Ibailahu question is a what-if question. Well, we, we're just trying to find out. It's not, a, it's not a contradiction. It's a clarification. Kishem Faisin, when they make the raffle, la achad mefaisin, which means, if there's 13 parts of this thing, these 13 parts, do we do it? That we pick one winner, and that one winner is the guy who gets number one, and the 13 guys next to him, Get the rest of them. Or do we pick 13 winners? Right? There's 13 different things. One guy's carrying the tail and the leg. One guy's carrying the solid. One guy's cleaning inside his back, right? Are there 13 different winners? And we do th- 13 different times we count, we knock off someone's hat and count from the guy? Or no? We knock off one guy's hat. We count to 160, 163. We get to this fellow, Ralph, 
We say, okay, Ralph, you're the, you're, you're the winner. And then who's sitting next to Ralph? Benjamin, you're number two. Who's next to him? Ivan, you're number three. Or no, there's 13 witnesses. Okay. So that's the thing about Tashma. I'll bring your proof. It says in the Mishnah, Alba Paisot Yusham. There were four raffles there. It shouldn't, the Mishnah shouldn't say that there's four raffles. The Mishnah should say that there is 17 raffles. Right? One for the for the for the for the Turat edition. And then there's 13 now. There's 17 raffles. Why are you saying there's four raffles? You see that there's four. And the one winner win. Winner winner take all, him and his neighbors. Right? I could, it's not necessarily a proof. Maybe I could answer you like this. This is what the Mishnah says. There's four times that the Kohanim go, go in to get raffled. But maybe in each one there could be a lot of paisot. There could be a lot of raffles in each one. We're just telling you four major raffles. But that, not telling you that there's only four winners. It could be there's a lot of winners. Not necessarily. Okay. We're now on the top of Chafei Amurbet. Says the Gemara. Tashma, I'll bring you a proof. Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, Lo ayupayis lamachta. There was no raffle for the guy who comes in with the coals for the ketoret. Okay, so the way it worked was, there's a job of the ketoret. The ketoret is spices, which is offered every day, half in the morning and half in the afternoon. Now this ketoret, you have to come in with coals, hot coals, which you put the spices on the coals, and it, it, it emits smoke, a, a, a nice smelling smoke in the, in the, in the Beit HaMikdash. Now, it says over here in the Brighton that there was no raffle for the guy who brings the coals in. Okay? What happens? The Kohen who wins the job to do the Ketoret, he tells the Kohen standing next to him, Come with me and bring the shovel. I won the, I won the Ketoret. You're my buddy. Come with me. We're going to go do... Uh, you're going to bring the shovel and I'm going to do the Ketoret. We're going to get this done. Okay? So it sounds like that you could do one thing for everybody. Because he tells the guy next to him, Oh, the zoom is off. The zoom went off. Cause the oh, the battery. okay, battery died. Ooh, sorry. Anyone else have a? I got. Yeah, thank you. Give this to Benjamin. You want to zoom us up, uh, Joey? Is this still recording? No, we're still recording. I'm gonna pull. Ah, someone says no. No, you can't bring a proof. Yes, it's true that when it comes to ketoret. Uh, you could tell your friend that we don't have a second guy for the second raffle. But that's different because ketoret is one avodah. Really, bringing the coals and putting the spices is really one avodah. And therefore, you can't bring a proof from that to the other ones. Ikadami, there were others who explained the proof differently. Again, this proof is also going to be knocked off, but there's a different way to learn the proof. Davka ketoret. Only when did we say that you do only once and everything else joins? That's by the ketoret. Why? But other things maybe you need a, a, a separate um, raffle for. He has to tell you the, according, 
the Gemara wants to say now, maybe, really, everything has its own raffle. And the reason why we told you that the Ketoda has its own raffle for the coals is because I would have thunk since the, the ketoret is a rare thing, which means for when 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 you talk about other other like bringing a limb on the mizbeach, okay, bringing a limb on the mizbeach happens a lot of times a day because it happens in korban tamid, but it could also happen with a person's private korban, right? The, the, every day they have the korban tamid morning and evening as the bookends of the of the of the sacrifices. Morning, first one always has to be Korban Tamid, last one always, the last one is Korban Tamid. In the middle of the day, yeah, you could have uh, a thousand Korban or 500 Korban of different people who want to bring their Korban So therefore, bringing limbs on the Zbeach is not unique. And therefore, one might have thunk, if we didn't mention that there's, that there's this raffle for the for the for the Ketorit, you might have thought if we didn't mention that the guy from the Ketorit could tell his buddy to bring the coals, you might have thought that since Ketorit is a special thing that only happens once a day, maybe you need a separate raffle for the coals too. And therefore we're telling you no, but it could be that everything else has its own raffle for each one. Okay. Now we're looking for a straight proof. Says the Gemara, Tashma, I'll bring you proof. We don't make a, a we don't make a raffle for each Avodah. Whoever gets the Korban Tamid, 12 the Korban come with him. So now we have a real proof. Here's a bright that says straight up, only one guy wins, and it's the 12 guys with him, 13 guys all together, and now we finally have a straight proof that's not refutable. Okay? So now we know how it goes. So that guy chooses the other 12? Okay, so last time it sounded like the guy's next to him. I don't know if the people... It could be the people. Which way does it go? I, to left or right? Which way does it go? I'm assuming that the people who are standing in line for the raffle stand in line according to the way they like, you know, the friend, their friends are. So I'm going to stand next to my friends, and this way all my friends will go up with me. Anyway, the whole thing was a family. It's families together. So, so the, the, the Mishmaraz are only, the people who are there in the Bethlehem in general that day are your, you and your cousins and your second cousins anyway. It's not like they're, they're uh, you know, strangers. Is everyone here? Yep. Okay, we're at the two dots. We said, Pius Hashani, the second Pius was, Mi Shochet. Okay, Mi Mikabel. Shochet Mikabel. Now, we said in the Mishnah, Mi Shochet, Mi Zoret. The Mishnah leaves out who is the guy who accepts the blood. Okay? There's Shechita, then there's sprinkling blood. The Mishnah only mentions those two as two other things. But there's another job of accepting the blood in a, ba- in a basin when the guy is Shechita, someone's got to catch the blood in, in a bowl. Right? The Mara wants to know who does that. Ibailu. Mi Mikabel. Do we say Shochet Mikabel? Let's say. We're assuming that one of the guys who wins is doing the Kabbalah, either the Shechter or the Sprinkler. If we say it's the Shechter, Shochet Mikabel, because if you say that the, the Sprinkler is the one who accepts the blood, maybe because he's psyched to do the sprinkling, 
which by the way is the thing that makes the kapara, the main thing is the sprinkling. So maybe he won't stay to get all the blood, and we're worried that he'll be too excited, and he won't do it for, do it the right way. Or the Amazon maybe no. Specifically, the sprinkler is the one who should capture the Amazon because if we say it's the slaughterer guy who accepts the blood, Zimim the Shechitzar. Sometimes a non kohen is allowed to do shechita because the halacha is that shechita kishera bizar. The only avodah that a non kohen is allowed to do in the Beit Hamikdash is shechita, and therefore, since sometimes a non kohen can do the shechita, and yet he's not allowed to do the kabbalat adam, therefore we can't let the the shech the shechter be the be the catcher because what, sometimes you'll have a, a, a Yisrael doing the shechting and he's not allowed to do the catching. Okay, so we don't know. We're left with the question: Who is the catcher? Says the Gemara. Tashma, I'll bring your proof. Ben Katin, asa shnei dar the kior. There's a the Gemara says that there's a kior. There's a the kior is the a, a big basin full of water that they fill. They have in the in the Beit Hamikdash, which. You wash the Kohen would wash their hands and their feet from before the Avodah. Now again, they're walking around barefoot, so you have to wash your hands and the feet uh, as a way to holify yourself before certain Avodot. Now, you're not walking around. You're not washing your hands because they're dirty. You're not washing hands because they're dirty. You're washing your hands because of holification. Just a side point. Now, it says that Ben Katina he made it that this kior has 12 spouts, 12 spigots, to be able to open the water at the same time. And this way, 12 people, this way 12 people will be able to wash their hands at the same time for doing the avodah. If you think that the shochet is the one who has to mekabel also, so let's start Hava, you should have the 13 spigots, right? Because there's 13 jobs, right? There's 12 jobs besides Shochet. Shochet is Kasher Bizar. So if I say that the Shochet is not Mekabel, so it's cool. The 12 guys who are non Kohanim, 12 guys that are Kohanim only, jobs, those guys have to wash them all at the same time. That's why he made 12 spouts. But if you say that the Shochet guy, is the guy who accepts, and accepting is part of the Avodah, and it's only kosher with the Kohen. And then he's going to have to wash his hands and feet too. But why do we make a 13th spigot? Obviously, it's the, it's the Zorek who is Mekabel. It could be there's only two guys in that, 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 that part of it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, Ketorah was one of the things? In Mishnah? So the guy think, brings another guy with him so he doesn't have to wash? The Ketorah wasn't part of this this raffle. Oh, okay. That's a different raffle. So therefore it could be the only, there's less guys in that raffle. And they could do, if they have eight guys in the raffle, two guys in the raffle, then, then 13 is plenty for them. Yeah, or 12 is plenty. In a rush? No. Uh, no. Are we all inside? Yeah, we are. Okay. Says the I have a proof from a, from a Mishra from a right that says 
Shochet, Shochet, Shochet slaughters, Mikabel, Mikabel, Mikabel accepts it. Ubala Zok, and he, and he goes to sprinkle. So it sounds like the Mikabel is the sprinkler. Shramina. Okay, good. We see from there, it's another proof. Okay? Amar ben Azay, the Fener Bikiva. So now Ben Azay said in front of Rabbi Kiva that the order of the korban, of, of the putting the limbs on his back, was a different order than he said. He says you do it the way the guy walks, the way the animal walks. So now let's go through what is the order of the walking. I will tell you, I was thinking of calling Mikey before this class because I don't know what the limbs they're talking about. I'm not really so, so good at these, uh, at these limbs. We'll, we'll do our best with the translation of the article. First it's the head and the right hind leg. The breast and the neck. Two front legs. The two flanks. The tail of the hind leg. So the orchids and ragel, the tail and the hind leg are last. Yeah, it's funny that the rosh is with the ragel, because the, the right hind leg doesn't walk with the, with the front hind leg. But the Gemara is going to say why they go together. He disagrees. This is in the bright that we mentioned a third opinion. The mission had one opinion. Now we have the second opinion of what the order was. The way you skin it. That's how you offer him on his back. Which is what? How do you skin it? First, the head and the back leg. Again, that's the same as the first one. Then you do the tail and the hind leg. That's how you, I guess you skin it like that. Then, the two flanks. The two forelegs. Then you do the breast and the neck. So the last you do is the breast and the neck. So you start with the front, the back. You go all the way towards the front. Okay? Rabbi says, the way you cut it up, the way you butcher it, that's how you offer those bear. How do you butcher it? First, do the head with the right hand leg. Again, that's the same in all three. And the two front legs. The breast and the neck. The two flanks. And the, the tail and the hind leg. Fourth opinion. You do it in the order of its quality, which means the better pieces of meat go first. How does that work? First is the head and the right hand leg, the breast and the neck, the two flanks, then you do the tail and the left leg, the two forelegs, so the worst one is the two front legs. How could you say that that, uh, that that's the order of, of what's best? Doesn't we have a pasuk that says The pasuk says in Yecheskel that the best cuts are the thigh and the shoulder. So how come we're putting the thigh before the shoulder? It sounds like the thigh is better than the shoulder. But according to Reb Yossi, the hind leg is after the flanks. It should be before the flanks because it's more important. That's talking about a weak animal. So if the animal is very lean, then the other one's better. Which means, depends, depending on what kind of animal it is. Whether according to our Tana, whether according to Yossi, we go by the quality of the meat. More azal ivra de bista. One goes by the limbs of most meat. And more azal One goes by the fatties of meat. Which means that one is going in the order of the size, what has the most meat, and one's going by the fattiest meat. Which means, when we, both rabbis are saying we go with quality. One rabbi says, you go by quality, means the quantity, which is the biggest piece. 
other one says, which one's the fattiest piece? Good. Now, everyone agrees that the head goes with the right hind leg. According to all. Why? Why do you always put the right hind leg with the rish? The rosh is first. It's the way it walks. But why is the right hind leg with it? Why is it always first? Right. Since the head has a lot of bones and bones are not good meat, so we put the leg with it to make it more meaty. Okay. The call me at the rosh called berosh. Everyone agrees the rosh is first. Minalan, who told you the rosh is first? Says the Gemara. Minalan, the rosh upon the shikolim the kolim. How do we know that the head and the fat? The fat means the 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 stuff on top of the insides. How do we know the rosh deposit goes first? It says the head and the fat, and you put it on the mizbeach. So it sounds like the head is first. And the other fat, what does it come to teach you? Because it says, How would the coin take off, put on the fat and the head? The way it works is you take the fat and you use the fat to cover the neck where the slaughtering took place. So you have the, the head, right? There's a place where you slaughtered it. So you're showing where the, the cut. Not to show the cut, you take the fat, you cover up the cut. And you put it on the And that's the way to, to show respect that you don't want to show that bloody part on the Mizbeach, because where you cut it, there's blood, you put the fat on top of it. And that's why it says the word Padet twice, to show you that that you have to use the pod to cover up the spot where the blood was. We stopped at the Mishnah on top of Chavav Amur Thank you, Rabbi. Take care, guys.